Hello and welcome to the Winging It F1 podcast with myself, Nigel Chu. As usual, I've got Freddie Coates in his short sleeve t-shirt and Adam Dickinson is wrapped up like a potato or something. I don't even know. Uh, how are you guys doing this week? <laughs> Adam's really cold. Yeah. Jack yeah. potato. Yeah, I mean, I'm feel, feeling a bit warmer now, to be fair. But, I don't know, clearly there's a difference between where I am and where Freddie is about, I don't know, a mile to the south. <laughs> yeah, I clearly, think the difference is that um, my room faces the sun rising, whereas Adam's faces the moon going down. So Adam's is really cold, whereas my room is like a sauna in here because of the windows. Mm. So I'm a baked potato to his jacket. whatever potato you said he was, jacket potato. Yeah, because everyone knows the moon goes down. Potato. Yeah. Uh, anyway, well, as promised in the last podcast, we're going to talk about Haas because there's a lot of rumours going around in the F1 surface about who's going to get the Haas seat next year. Apparently, there's up to 10 drivers who could possibly take one of those seats. So I was thinking, who are those 10 drivers that will be at Haas, or who could be at Haas next year, do you think? So, we've obviously got Magnussen, Grosjean, Nikita Mazepan is now being rumoured to take the seat. Who else? Perez uh, and Hulkenberg are going to be high up on that list. That's five. When he said it, was Eilat included in the ten? No, he said Eilat was not on his shortlist. And then he said, depending on how he goes tomorrow, being practised, right. he might get included on the shortlist. I think okay. with Ilot, it's a bit of a hard one because I think there's a good argument for him now because he seems to really gel with the team on his weekend there. Um, whenever yeah. they cut to him in the garage saying, oh no, Callum can't go out. He was actually having a good laugh with his engineers. So <coughs> I think Callum's probably number 11 on this 10 list. <laughs> so we've got Ilot. But then where do the other four drivers come from, I wonder? Do you guys have any idea? Reichen? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. That could be one. I don't know how many F2, like whether any F2 would be on that list. I mean, you know, Schumacher could be one or um, I guess Schwartzman. But well, if, main... he's, if he's not taking lot, it doesn't make sense that it'd be, there'd be loads of young drivers that they would want. And the I main think. reason for not taking Eilat wasn't his being a young driver or an F2 driver. It was that he was a Ferrari driver. Um, right. So I think that's why Mazepin's in the mix, and I imagine they would have um, some other drivers. Just perhaps they were having conversations with obviously Delatraz is has been related to the team for so long. Um, Van Dorn, Van Dorn as well. Um, so he's been around the paddock pretty much every race this year. So I think he's he's going to be in people's consciences. Um, I think it's really interesting to see how so many drivers could be on this list because I, I did a little article on this and a few of them were tongue-in-cheek because I said well he's obviously not going to do um, Mick Schumacher or Robert Schwartzman because I thought they were definitely on the list as well so I thought maybe people like Giovinazzi or Kvyat as well I mean yeah. people who could have born yeah people who've got sort of good F1 experience but look like they're going to be on the wayside a bit mm. I think the for me it just Given where Haas are at, and it kind of feels like every season could be make or break, and you know they could—I know they signed up to the Concord Agreement, but you know it's there seems to be a lot riding on every single season, just on whether they continue in F1. So when you're in that position, I can kind of see why. I know he's not—I know he said it's because of the Ferrari link, but I can also see why he maybe wouldn't want to take a 
rookie driver to you know which is a bit more of a risk you know high reward but also a bit more of a risk it depends on what they get with the rookie driver because if they mm. get they've get a, get a cut on their engine deal and don't have to pay a salary then that's already much better than what they've got now and if they get a rookie driver who brings money which is the case with Nikita Mazepin obviously the Mazepin household has been around the, the Formula One team sniffing for quite a long time I think they were rumoured um, with with Williams in terms of trying to potentially get involved in the purchase of that or maybe even involved in the consortium to race for Racing Point a few years ago I think um, yeah. so yeah. the Mazepin name is definitely knocking on a few doors as well and I think the money supersedes the rookie there all right. So, I, know I we might have touched on this in in podcasts before, but let's give our two let's give our predictions for the two drivers that will be at Haas next year. Because I can't remember what you guys said, Adam. Well, I think I think the reason we don't remember what we say is because we say a different thing whenever we do it. Because it seems to be these <laughs> all over the place. I'm definitely thinking a different thing each week. All right, let's let's give a final final prediction. Oh God! Until, until next <laughs> week. Um, yeah. I think. Uh, Perez, surely, surely. He just seems to fit, unless he gets a better offer, he just seems to fit so much. You know, if he's available, I don't understand why you wouldn't go for him. Um, so it's him. And then, I mean, Magnussen has fallen off a bit recently. Um, so I'm not kind of as certain that he'll be there. But I think I might go for him anyway, well, especially Magnus if they've Perez, yeah, yeah, especially if up. they've got, especially if they've got Perez's money coming through. There's less of a need for Mazepin. Um, yeah, I, I might, I might change that by the time you've done yours. Well, you can't I'm... change it now. That was a final prediction. Okay, that was, that, that's it. <laughs> Ready? So yeah, I mean, I'm getting more and more. Um, uh, solid that Perez is going to go to Red Bull, but I'm, I'm still a bit sort of sixty forty on that. Um, but I think I think Perez is going to go to Red Bull, and I I I think they're going to have are going to keep Magnussen, and I think they're probably going to get Nikita Mazepin. All right, I'm going to go somewhat weird. Grosjean. Uh, I'm going to go for Christian Lungard. <laughs> because he's Danish it. I do like him yeah but he's Danish and I think Magnussen brings some Danish backing so if one guy could kind of take over that Jones. he'd replace Magnussen that's it Jack and Jones yeah do you know what his super license situation is obviously it's well, been made easier by the FIA's kind of decree over the last uh, week or so I so think he would get a super license if he stays where he is now so in the championship champion, well was 2019 Formula 3 champion, isn't he? So, yeah, uh, that's a whole lot of points there. Yeah, plus if he does do well in the final few rounds, you know, well, I think mm. well, with being Formula 3 champion, you get a lot of points anyway. So, I think you don't need to top get five, 40, yeah, yeah. So, I'm gonna go with him and then I'm gonna go with Hulkenberg. That'd be a great lineup, <laughs> yeah. I would really, mm. really be happy. I really sort of think Haas have really that would be a really big committed lineup from Haas to go with Lungard and Hulkenberg because they're yeah. just saying these two drivers are mega we've got one driver who's been done the dirty recently and has just shown how good he is and we've got another who is whose natural talent is just coming through whenever he drives in a series where 
you really actually need experience. Um, yeah. That is Formula Two. So mm. I think that would be a brilliant lineup and would really solidify my feelings for Haas as strong ones. But I just don't have the faith that Haas are going to go for a driver lineup because they're mega. They've gone for Grosjean and Magnussen for so long just because it's, it seems to be because they're like, oh, it's easy. It's an easy lineup. We can, we can control them. We can dominate them in a bit. Whereas you kind of think if they go for more of a gutsy lineup, it's going to upset the team dynamic of Gunder Steiner wants to be the boss. I think out of out of all of our three predictions, mine is the one I'm least confident in now. So really? That's gone. Really? Wow. Not mine. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. To be fair, I, I kind of not considered the Perez Red Bull link. Um, so, but yeah, you know, I've got to got to stick to it now. I mean, I so none none of us. Has even when it happens, even when even when Perez yeah. goes to Red Bull, you won't believe it. You're going to sit there and go, "No, nah, he's, yeah. he's going to Haas. Yeah, I'm not he's got a contract. Yeah, he's, he's going to Haas." Every, every discussion we do in future, then I'll start to say, "Well, I think Hulkenberg," and then you'll jump in and go, "No, you're not allowed to say that. Got to say Perez." You never said you never said it was the 2021 lineup. So I, I think I did at, at the start. Ah, oh, oh, damn. <laughs> so none of us have gone I lot. Do we? Think he's going to get a seat on the grid? Then problem, problem I have with him is I don't, I don't, I don't think he's very good. Yeah, I don't (laughs) think I think he's overrated. Personally, I don't think there's anything. He's yeah, I just don't think he's. I just think he's overrated. Personally, just looking at his junior career, he does make a lot of mistakes. And this year, he has done the same thing. Because for me, he should be dominating the championship. Because I think the virtuosi car is the best car on the F2 grid if there is the best car. So those are my thoughts and I want. I think unpopular. Oh Nigel See, thinks the drive is overrated. Original. <laughs> <laughs> what I think about Ilot is that I've been really impressed with the way he has stepped up from last year. In the way that you look at someone like Guan Yu Zhou who's his his step up as into Formula Two was as a rookie was you know it was really good and it was a took everyone by surprise well it personally took me by surprise a bit that he came in and was getting the odd pole position and podium and then this year Guan Yu Zhou if you take the kind of step up that Ilot's done if, if Joe did that step up then he would be dominating this championship and he hasn't made the step up that um, other drivers like Ilot and Schumacher have done in my opinion I look at that as a really good sign as an adaptable driver um, maybe not so much in raw speed but intelligent driver which I think is very good for a sort of back of the grid team, I think. Um, so I I wonder why Ferrari even took out on because it's a weird choice. Here, you've, you've, well, he's, it's national, his national, his nationality doesn't really matter. But being British, I think it, for for Ferrari to take that choice is a bit strange. It kind of came from nowhere, actually. I think they just were building their rebel their their junior academy, and Red Bull had just dropped Islet. So it was an easy oh, one did to Red pick Bull up. Drop Ireland? I mm, in about 2016. Mm. Oh, okay. Interesting. I'd, I would, I'd like to see Ilot on the grid. I hope he makes it, kind of, from British perspective, seeing another Brit in F1, that's <laughs> always good. Um, from when yeah, it was I, I Hamilton and Palmer to now it's Russell, Norris, Hamilton, and potentially Ilot, the British pool has sort of, you know, it's, mm. it's grown quite a lot recently. Well, for for um, 2018, Hamilton was the only British driver on the grid. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So yeah, there's a good pool, good pool of talent. No, this year, uh, 
Vettel's the only full-time German driver on the grid, whereas, I don't know what, 2013, 2012, he had about six or seven Germans on the yeah. grid. So, I mean, it means nothing. <laughs> and, and, he, and he's only seven points ahead of the Nico part-time Hulkenberg. German on the grid. Nico Hülkenberg. It says more yeah. about the Ferrari, I think. <laughs> well, does it? Does it? Oh, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure either, to uh, be fair. Yeah, so we're talking of British drivers. Uh, George Russell might find himself losing his seat, even though earlier this year Williams said that Russell and Nicholas Latifi will be their lineup next season. So, is it Nikita Mazapan who? Is rumoured to be taking that seat if Russell is going to go, Freddie? Um, I think it was um, Perez who's been rumoured oh, to Perez. go to right. Williams. Because um, obviously when the Williams seats were confirmed, it was under a previous management. Um, so I think there's a lot of, lot of case to say that the current contracts at Williams could be a bit shakier than they were a couple of months ago. We've got a whole new setup in Williams and a whole new... Um, management structure so maybe all of the all of the contracts there are really have got clauses in that say well if the new owners come in and make a decision then there's no exit clause or something because i think they come across as quite financially minded people that they would choose not to pay for an exit clause to mercedes for russell rather than rather than um not have him for you i think but i think perez is they've obviously looked at perez and thought this is a driver who brings money like latifi does and can um really help develop this team and I think there's such a long-term strategy in Williams that I wouldn't be surprised if the new the new team are seriously considering Perez but I do think it's a bit of a a tough decision to uh, to get rid of George Russell when you straight away you've bought a racing team and your first thing to do is go to the bottom line and not go for the driver who has not been out qualified ever in his Formula One career. I would get Perez and Russell as a lineup, and I think actually Latifi would be not a bad shout for the Haas conversation we just had. But well, so you could, Perez has gone to Red Bull and Williams, so that's great take there from Freddie. Uh, <laughs> I didn't say I think; I said the rumours are. I said I think it's a good idea. Doesn't mean I think it's going to happen. Oh, well, you said do you it now. Gonna happen? Too late. I think it's going to stay as is. I think it's going to be Latifi Russell. Oh, but this say, is the rumour. Oh, interesting. Adam, do you think it's going to stay as it is? Um. Yeah, I mean, for for, the, for next season at least, and then kind of then maybe take a bit more stock and look at look at where where they're at and kind of what what they most value from a driver and what they think which elements or kind of which traits from a driver will help their team move forward long term because, like Freddie said, they are looking long term to to improve the team. Um, yeah, so I'd say, I'd I'd say stay as is, but I do quite like the idea of Perez kind of driving into the pits and then like changing and getting into a Williams car and driving out and then doing like a stint there and then getting back in the half car. So you know, could could happen. Very old school. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna say Mazapan to Williams. <coughs> I reckon that. I think, I think the yes, Williams have got Dolce Capital on board for, for twenty one. Next year, yeah. Mm. I think I think there's still some financial troubles and I think Russell might find himself without a seat personally. If if he is without a seat to bring it back, do you, do you think he'd 
get a seat at another team like Haas? No, I think it'd be out of F1. Hmm. I think it'd be interesting to see how other like teams Ocon. pounce on him. Because I wouldn't be... If I was Helmut Marko and I was seeing George Russell get stranded on the wayside, it, you'd, sort of, you'd have a few conversations with him and think, well, does he want to do what Ocon did and sort of sit around? Yeah, but does he want mm. him to sit around for a year as a reserve driver for Mercedes and then come back in and sort of lose his stock? in a way that's sort of happened to Ocon simply because he was out of the car for so long? Or does he, would Russell want to stay in the car? Because I think perhaps there's an argument, if the capability's there, to put Russell straight into an Alpha Tauri. Yeah. I, straight to a Rebel. Perhaps straight to a Rebel. <laughs> wow, this is getting, this is getting yeah. a bit crazy. I mean, if, <laughs> if any of this happens, this would be one of the juiciest driver markets we've had. Because it's, yeah. well, it, it all feels is. kind of, it all feels like that's a kind of common sense move, in my opinion. Mm. If well, the other also, stuff happens, it's also gone from like where everything seemed to be pretty locked down. It's yeah, like it, it felt like we knew we knew about half the teams, and then for the other half, there was like one or two. You know, it was kind of split between one or two drivers over a seat. It didn't mm. kind of seem, you know, and now it's just completely exploded to teams that we thought were locked down are now not or potentially not and there's just like so many more drivers in contention than we thought there would be so yeah it's all just kind of exploded from from a few months ago really yeah uh another driver on the market is yuki sonoda he will be doing a test with alpha tower not toy rosso whatever put that in the document <laughs> after the imola race uh yeah well, I don't even know. There's not really much to say about a test well, that hasn't happened. <laughs> I thought oh, yeah. he was he's driving the 18 car at I the... Pull, I've absolutely stumped myself there. Ignore me. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Just did it to prick you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's driving the uh, 2018 Torosso car after Imola on the 4th of November. And um, what I saw written about it was that he's going to try and get 300 kilometres running in the car because then that will mean he could get a oh, yeah. Friday super license and be able to do a, um, a test, you know, FP1 yeah, yeah. session. Then so you can that's jump what straight, You can jump straight into Turkey and do an FP1 there or something like that. Mm. Yeah. Or it could just get rained off and he won't be able to do anything. Uh, I don't know what the weather's like in Turkey in November. Or in dry. I meant a similar test, really. Oh, yeah, uh, well, I hope it, it's a good sign from Red Bull that they're kind of still exploring this after the um, after, after Honda had pulled out because he is a Honda protege more than a Red Bull junior, really. Um, but it's kind of how much is this just keeping their options open, keeping a reserve option if they can't get um, a kind of veteran driver, and or how much is it kind of aiming to have him in a seat in 2021. I think that's the, that's just the question over it. Do you think it's potentially a bit of power play to say, to sort of be like, oh, Honda, we really don't mind that you're leaving. Um, yeah, we're keeping on Yuki Tsunoda. Yeah, we think he's a really good driver. And keeping Honda sweet for the intellectual property argument of yeah. Red Bull getting the, well the IP and keeping Honda sort of on side so it's a really easy uh, motion for them to keep a sort of Red Bull works engine situation in the 2020 two and onwards. That's a good well point, be, actually. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit cynical, yeah. but... No, I think that's actually a good well, point. Is cynical. 
I think Rebels the most <laughs> cynical team, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Let's protest wow. everything. They've, already, well, they've not protested anything since July. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> I don't think the Honda departure makes a difference to another person because if Rebel see the talent, so I think they'll take him on regardless that he's Japanese and Honda affiliation anyway. Mm. Uh, those are my thoughts. I hope so. Yeah, I, th- I think it's just kind of they, there's potentially when Honda were fully in, then there was potentially more leeway for them going, well, we don't see the talent right away, but we're more willing to give it a go Yeah. to keep, you know, to kind of either pay Honda back or get Honda in our debt or whatever, you know, keep keep that relationship well. And, you know, if he, and there is a chance that he goes well, and then that's great. And if not, then we can drop him and, you know, there won't be any complaints. Whereas now there's not kind of that fallback for him. It's, it's you know, he kind of sink or swim. Um, from from basically now from his testing and his final rounds of F2 and any practice sessions he gets he, he has to be kind of on the money and proving that he is just the best driver for an AlphaTauri seat you know without any strings attached the onus yeah. on these Bahrain Formula 2 rounds is going to be insane people are going to yeah. be absolutely watching those with so much intensity because that's going to basically be the final audition tape for mm-hmm. a Formula One seat for a lot of drivers. You've thrown Lungard in the mix. Mazepin's been in this whole conversation. Sonoda, Eilat, um, Schwartzman as well, definitely, I think, is one to be um, involved in this, despite him being third in the queue for Ferrari. But that's the top sort of six or seven in F2 are all um, in contention for Formula One seats, legitimately. Um, the top one, we think, is confirmed, obviously. But um, I think... It's going to be really interesting to see if we do get any confirmation before that. I think it would be n- n- they would not have a seat, but after Bahrain, I think there's a strong chance for whoever does well across two weekends because that that would be interesting. And then the meetings will be happening. There'll be so much pl- time for meetings to happen from Monday yeah. to Wednesday in between the Bahrain two rounds. So I think that's there'll be that'll be a week to really pounce on the end of November to see what's going on with this driving market it might be a bit of a slow burn until then but it could completely light up and it's all going to be on one of the most bonkers f1 tracks as well (laughs) for the last round (laughs) it's going to be crazy so do you think ready that the deals will be done after the bahrain after after the finale of the bahrain rounds for the f2 drivers i think so otherwise i think uh, unless deals have already been done in private and haven't been announced I think the majority of, I think there's only really Schumacher we can be confident with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with the, the rest of it, I think um, there's going, people are going to be still, because they're still umming and ahhing, it seems, from everything we hear and every bit of press, everyone's umming and ahhing about, about it all. So the drivers are trying to, stay, trying to stay with it, with the teams like Sonoda getting his test with Alpha Tower. He's going to have to be on his best behaviour to keep, you know, keep the... Um, idea implanted in their minds that this guy's a good idea because obviously they're not on the support palette for these rounds and there's only been sort of a short burst it's very easy to be forgotten about so they're going to really need to pull their socks up and go for it in Bahrain and do really well I think otherwise it feels like there could be a lack of momentum for a lot of these guys I don't know if that's me being a bit 
It's an interesting take that because if December is very, very late to uh, mm. make a driver announcement, I can't really think of any apart from the Rosberg retirement, which led to Bottas getting the Merck sheet. I can't really remember any announcements made made that late. Well, uh, a few that's I, the I thing when, um, when a few um, Toro Rosso Alpha Tauri announcements have been made that late. Um, Williams, I remember when Sorokin was signed, it was in like January or something, I think, or oh, December. Yeah. Albon wasn't signed until after Abu Dhabi, oh, uh, yeah. that yeah. kind of thing. So I think there was, there was always a question on that seat with Hartley. And then they just thought, okay, we're going to go with Albon. He's done well here, that kind of thing. And they had the place for those kind of discussions. So I think that's what I sort of look at is that it's going to be, if there's any questions that sort of develop, obviously the Albon question is one that we've touched on heavily throughout this no, entire not. Um, I'm not sure I touched on it, just stood on it. Right. Lied on it. it. Um, we've yeah. absolutely, yeah, we've ripped into him. Um, but yeah, so that question is going to be for the next, there's six more Formula One races and only, only two more Formula Two rounds on those, on the bill for that. So I think those are going to be important. I think um, the kind of opening up of the super license regulations will make it a bit easier to have deals done before Bahrain because there's kind of less onus on, you know, there were for Mazepin and Sonoda, especially it was, you know, they have to finish in these positions, but there's a very, very real possibility that they don't and that they lose out. And, you know, that's in, in the summer when we were, when the um, Ricardo's Renault seat came open and, you know, there are a lot of calls for Joe, and I quite like that idea. But, you know, fast forward to now, he wouldn't get a seat potentially. Yeah. Um, so I think kind of having that opened up might make it a bit easier. Um, you know, potentially maybe Mazepin is the one that sticks out the most as, you know, it's a bit easier for now to him to get one because it's not all coming down to, you know, potentially a point when all said and done after Bahrain. Um, yeah, Freddie's looking like he, to, he wants to jump in. I think the opposite. I think the, the super license points, they've made it 30 rather than 40 points on the scale because of COVID restrictions. Um, I and think over the last three years. Over the, oh, cool. I didn't know that one. Over the last three years. Um, so that, I think, opens up the talent pool and I think would make it harder to choose because you've got more to choose from. That's just my, my personal uh, opinion because like someone like Yuri Vips has come into Formula 2 with no testing or anything coming middle of the season he's actually done pretty well but he's not got any hope of getting super license points this year but now he can use his points from the past and now he is in contention for a Red Bull seat which seemed really quite well not him as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah that's the thing there's so many more drivers that are in contention now that can really feasibly be considered for maybe well yeah shock seats but still a um mm. a link up to a Formula One team I think uh I don't know. I I kind of think the opposite, but yeah, I, I in general, in general, I think maybe like you said, just the a lot of the discussions will end up just taking place on that weekend, and you know because it is you know prime opportunity to do that, and yeah, it, it will be interesting. For Nigel, what are your thoughts? Oh, well, my thoughts are <laughs> well, my thoughts are just. That there's not enough seats in F1. That's why we've got this problem. There's about mm-hmm. yeah. 10, 12 drivers who, you know, who could be in F1, but they won't be next year. And that's because there's not enough seats, in my opinion. So, yeah. 
<laughs> Go and start a team. Yeah. Wow. They get a loan. And what if you didn't have to pay you what, about like, 200 billion? million? Yeah. That's about about 200 million to, to be able to do yeah. it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's about 200 million, even though Williams have bought for 150, but you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, let's not talk about the driver market anymore because we've talked about it loads and who knows what's going to happen. We've given our predictions. If you want to give us your predictions, you can comment on our YouTube video and stuff and tweet us at Wiggy F1 or tweet us personally at Nigel T. Dirno, Adam Dickinson L1 and Fred Coates1999. Uh, yeah, he's got yeah. it all right. <laughs> For once. Bang on. So, as I said, that's enough driver market talk for now, although we are going to talk about Fernando Alonso, who has got his seat confirmed at Renault next year, unless something crazy happens in the world of 2020. Uh, He has already done a test (laughs) this week with Renault in the 2020 car. Uh, He said it felt good and stuff. Uh, He said getting back to F1 speed is not easy, and he's just trying to improve every lap. And he says that the car has good potential as well and we already know that because Daniel Ricciardo got a podium on Sunday uh, I still haven't thought of a question so I'm just going to say what are your thoughts on Alonso and Renault in the test and everything to do with Alonso well they obviously wanted to get him into um, everything (laughs) they obviously wanted to get him into the 2020 car and I think it's still a bit um, uncertain as to whether they're going to get him into the young driver test in Abu Dhabi or whatever is the Pirelli performance test as the young driver. Um, but um, he's certainly managed to get his 100 kilometers for the filming day. They used that to the max. And it's definitely got the publicity I think they would have wanted. There's been a lot of chatter about Alonso, um, even if some people might have missed it. But, you know, I don't imagine that's easy to do because it's been literally everywhere. And everything that has come out is positive between Renault and Alonso. Adam? It, yeah, I think it's, I mean, once when it was announced, then I didn't, I wasn't entirely on board with Alonso coming back. I kind of thought he's had his day. I'd rather see, you know, someone younger kind of coming through. But I am definitely getting on board the Alonso hype train what, now. What's I'm, changed, Adam? Uh, me. I don't know. I just kind of thought, <laughs> thought oh. about it. I don't know. Thought about kind of what what he can bring to the sport you know not 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 potentially not new things you know as would be the case with someone coming through from f2 but you know kind of he can still bring a fierce competition and hopefully lift Renault up you know into into battling the teams higher up which I think would be brilliant to see or Alpine as we should say brilliant to see um so I think yeah and just kind of appreciation of Alonso's talent a bit more and seeing seeing that his attitude seems to be right for it I think he he knows that it is I, I kind of feared it would be a bit of a Honda McLaren part two um, but you know he does seem to be have have the right attitude for it because he knows that this is his last chance he's definitely coming across a bit more humbled a bit more swan songy that he wants to make this good he wants to enjoy F1 as well as win in F1 I think Let's wait to the first race won the last yeah exactly um I think what's kind of got me, I'm, I was similar to Adam, I was a bit more like, oh, I, I, I was so bored of Alonso saying this is the best qualifying lap I've ever done when I qualified 12th or qualified 16th and that kind of thing. In 
all of 2017 and 18 that I just got so absolutely saturated with, I don't want this guy on the grid. He's just bringing me down. And every story was just annoying and boring about Fernando Alonso. But oh, wow. I think, oh, wow. This is, this is hurting. <laughs> but I think, yeah, he's coming across a lot better, um, which is helpful. Um, but, and it's good to think he's, he's, he is a great driver. And you can watch an old race and just think Alonso's always in the fight from 2003 up until 2013. Alonso is always in the fight there. And mm. I think now that this Renault is showing, well, now that Ferrari have allowed this Renault to show a lot more competitiveness for actual positions, with Ricardo definitely getting his podium, as you mentioned, and being on the heels of one for the majority of the season, I think if someone like Alonso in that car, um, that's going to really really raise Renault's stock even further into Formula One as Alpine and will give us, uh, you know, a feisty Alonso close to the front of the field. And I, I think that's never bad for the sport unless he does what Verstappen's done this year <laughs> and just becomes, so it goes, Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen, <laughs> Alonso, <laughs> the rest. <laughs> um, oh, Verstappen but I think, versus Alonso. Be so exactly. Good. Going into 2022... Oh, with Alonso heading a team, Verstappen presumably heading a team, Leclerc heading a team, Hamilton heading a team, depending on what happens at Aston Martin, if Vettel gets his mojo back, which, you know, is still yet to be seen. It's probably kind of unlikely, but maybe Vettel with Aston Martin um, and so on with all of that. So it really excites me for the future. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've just thought of something, which is probably a good thing or not a good thing. We've got Raikkonen, Alonso, Hamilton... Well, Raikkonen potentially will be on the grid next year, so not sure. Yeah. Is the age of drivers retiring? Is it going to go into the 40s now? Is it going to be more normal? Because Alonso could stay around for at least two or three years, if perhaps not more. Hamilton, who knows as well, possibly five years. So when do you think, yeah, do you think that, that's a trend that just to start younger and finish older? I think it's maybe just age becoming less important in kind mm. of not, not society. kind of just cutting, yeah, <laughs> not not just kind of cutting off, cutting off like oh he's you know thirty five, thirty seven, whatever. So that counts against him. It's kind of looking, just looking at kind of where the driver is performing, and yeah, just taking age into consideration less. I think more so with older. I think when when drivers are younger, it's maybe more, you know, teams light up. It's you know the potential, the untapped potential that they could have. You know, if they're this good at this age, then what could they do? But I think with with older, and it's happening across a range of sports. I think um, just it it's yeah. I think it's kind of becoming less of a factor in you know for drivers. If driver is performing well, and he's you know, but he's old, there's no reason not to take him or her. Frederick, completely agree <laughs> with that. I mean, yeah, the, the the goalposts for a career have been completely widened when. Um, You've got young drivers very seriously knocking on the door and doing very well. Verstappen, obviously, is the forerunner of all of that. But then you've got Norris and Norris coming in at uh, um, 18, 19. And yeah. Russell is, I don't know, he's only got 22 now, that kind of thing. So these guys are really young and are doing really well. So if normally when people will come into Formula 1 about 24, 25, and then do really well then, well, if they're coming in and doing well at young young age, probably they can probably go on and do really well at an old age as well because it's just natural pure skill and talent in this 
in a race car. And I think, yeah, someone like Raikkonen has shown that you can perform actually pretty well. I mean, his Nürburgring weekend wasn't necessarily his finest, finest race. And if he's doing it for a hobby, it probably was a pretty tedious, boring hobby. Um, <laughs> but I think, yeah, if he's performing it and doing the job, then why not? I mean, Alonso is definitely going to be... No one's talking about Alonso coming back and being off the pace. So, wow, well, wasn't the case in June? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, we, we have had some cases where drivers have made comebacks and have not done very well, naming a certain Michael Schumacher on that. Um, so, who knows? Maybe ages, it wasn't, a number, it wasn't that maybe bad. it wasn't that bad, no, mm. but it wasn't, it wasn't, it was definitely his worst three seasons in Formula One. So, I think you've got to take that into consideration. I think also there's maybe not so much for Alonso to lose because his exit from F1 was so bad, then it's, you know, it's, I don't, I don't <laughs> think it will taint, if he comes back and it fails, I don't think that will kind of taint his reputation too much because he's kind of already had that once. Whereas I think the, the potential upside of him kind of coming back, showing he can still do it, you know, mm. at the top end of 30 and, you know, kind of transform a team or, you know, be a part of a team catapulting itself to the front of the grid. There's, you know, that would really enhance his legacy in F1. Yeah, I think he's yeah. gone away and he's seen, I've won Le Mans. Why aren't people calling me the best driver in the world still? Oh, I need to be in <laughs> Formula One. And I think really, yeah, Le Mans is def- and WEC has definitely, and Dakar, opened him up to the team of Formula One a bit more. All of Formula, all of Formula One, from Alonso's perspective, has been about Alonso in his entire career. Whereas I think now it's about Alonso and the team. I think he actually mm. sees that now. And I think that's, that could actually be very good for him. That could have made the name of his new band, Alonso and the team. <laughs> <laughs> new album dropping soon. It's a new album then. <laughs> no. Oh, you, you can't get him away you're from the of your mind. You're, you're obsessed. Nigel's got yeah. like a, on, on the wall that we can't see of Nigel. It's like Outboard. it's like pictures of Albin and like bits of string. Him trying to investigate. When when this when he finishes podcast, he's going to get out. He's going to just be like he hasn't washed for weeks, and he's like, where is Albin going to go next? <laughs> like um like that meme from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia with Charlie Day going like. All of like pointing manically at the um at the board because of an investigation. This is yeah. um, this is why Nigel is now looking sheepish because we've rattled him. We've rumbled his 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 album. Always rattled. The, the, the viewers didn't see when we did this call, but we before we started recording, Nigel desperately scrabbling the posters down from his wall. <laughs> uh, moving on. It's not actually uh, blinds behind him. It's just the like lifted <laughs> picture of Alvin. <laughs> <laughs> he's, 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 he's got a cardboard cutout. He throws darts at. <laughs> oh, <that's> brilliant! <laughs> anyway, uh, Alvin is in the fight for fourth in the drivers' championship. If you're being nice, which I'm not. Daniel uh, Ricciardo, <laughs> or, or um, you're reading statistics and numbers. Which you are. <laughs> Andrew Ricardo was 10.10 of Sergio Perez, and uh, we got Lando Norris in six, three points behind Perez, and then we've got Mr. Albon, uh, just a point ahead of Charles Leclerc. Do we think Ricardo 
is going to hold on to fourth come the end of the year. There's still, what, seven races? Well, I think Perez will get it. I think Perez is going to get it. Yeah. I think Ricardo's got all of the momentum. I don't, mm. you know, so there's that. It's I don't know if he's, the racing gods owe him a few bad races now just to halt that. Um, but, <laughs> but, yeah, I think he's, he'd be my favourite for it. But, as you said, Perez or, or even Stroll, it's kind of difficult now he's missed this, missed this race. But I think it's certainly not beyond the realms of possibility because he I, has been fast over the season. And I, I wouldn't put it past him. He's only five. No, it's no, 10, he's... 11 points behind Perez. Um, but uh, yeah, Perez I, I wouldn't miss two races. So, yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't be. Yeah, I wouldn't be too surprised to be honest. Um, but Ricardo's got to be the favourite. I think Norris is one you can't discount either, actually, because Norris's run. I think yeah. Norris would have been the favourite for the podium in those if he had if he didn't have his you know set fire to engine. If that didn't happen, I think yeah. Norris would have been the he had more pace than Perez and he was ahead of Perez. If um, the, those strategies were allowed to play out with Norris not having any power unit issues, I think Norris was in my mind then, looking back with hindsight, was the favourite for that podium. After Bottas, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, so I think I it's going to be interesting to see how McLaren go with these updates because Norris wasn't running the updates and did very well. So I think McLaren are going to sort of carry on with the car they've had. It looked brilliant whenever you cut to an onboard of Norris. The car just drove amazingly. So I think that's what I'm really interested in is Lando Norris's um, next few races. I find it so funny we've mentioned Ricardo, Perez, Norris and the Stroll. Stroll's in ninth. We've not even mentioned the guy in seventh, even though he's in the second best car. But uh, moving on. <laughs> we did uh, mention him. We did. But we yeah. don't bring him up because otherwise we just have to sit here and listen <laughs> 10 minutes of you going, oh, Alex Albert, eh? Oh, what, yeah. what are we going to do with him? Oh, no. Oh, atrocious. Oh, throw him down pit in the morning and what Send him get? Nothing. Send him back to F4. Oh, and he's not even going to win an F4. He's not even going to win an F4. He'll get beaten by Kushmainian in British F3. <laughs> you know with accent now, Freddy. Aye. I mean... Aye. Aye. Look at me. I'm doing an orbit. I'm Nigel. <laughs> Albon. He's, he's rubbish. rubbish. Why, why, why is he still at Red Bull? Absolutely. This is, gross, this yeah. is brilliant content. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this still at Red Bull? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Points. I, can, I can name 20 drivers on grid who better them in, than him, and there's only 20 drivers on the grid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is, this is going well. Who's um, going to get third in the constructors' racing point? I, I, I will. I, if, oh, I'll, oh, I'll just oh. touch seriously on Alvin for a second. No, it's that the, oh. the momentum. You don't have to. Like, you don't have Ricardo. to, Nigel. Alex, Alex, Alex is Alvin. Adam is going to do it. So you don't have to, Nigel. I'm losing the 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 life. I, I think it, my four. My oh god. I think it's the momentum thing. Is it's just kind of the momentum seems to just be so much against him whereas at the start of the season for some people thought you know he's kind of coming in made a decent start and now he can push on and Nigel left um then now it now it's just kind of like it just seems to be one bad weekend after another and it's just difficult to see how he's gonna get out of that 
I think the best way to get out of that rut was two races ago when he got a podium. But then the next race yeah. he didn't get the points and the, the race just gone was obviously, you know, he was basically, yeah. everyone seems to think he was retired because of that was enough. He was sin-binned by Red Bull rather than uh, the, mm. the punctured radiator, as they've officially said. So I think Albon kind of had the opportunity for the momentum with his podium at Tuscan Grand Prix and mm. didn't ride that wave. So I think that's not very good, basically. Should we should we move on to the Moving race on. in the Constructors' Championship? Uh, yeah, let's do that. Racing Point McLaren or Red Orders. Uh, there's just six points between Racing Point and Renault, third to fifth. Uh, any guesses? It is literally a guess, I guess. Uh, McLaren yeah, has the strongest lineup. I think McLaren or Renault have the stronger lineups. I think Ocon is coming on form a bit, but his race performance just isn't quite as um, rewarding as Ricardo's. Whereas I think you've got the potential for both Norris and Sainz to get high points. So I think mm. I look at that and think mm, money's on McLaren, but McLaren is still riding the wave with some very strong early results. They've had only one mm. non-points finish this year, which is very good, but they've had a lot of DNFs recently. So I think if McLaren can get on top of some of that, then that would be really good. But obviously, the the momentum is with Renault, definitely. I think oh. it will, the team that has the least DNFs will, yeah. will be the one that gets it, to be honest. I think yeah. it, it's that tight so far, you know, unless... Renault, obviously, I've spoken about it already, seem to have more momentum, but it's, you know, that can go or another team can pick up because there's still quite a lot of the season left. So, yeah, I I just think, you know, I, on I'll, I'll back racing point, but I think really it will just be kind of reliability and just, yeah, whoever, whoever can keep their car on track, getting points, finishes at uh-huh. most races. Yeah, Adam says racing point for any who did you before. despite their 50 well, point deduction. Yeah, that's a good point. They'd actually. be a bit further ahead if yeah, if it weren't for that. But arguably, they'd be a lot further behind if it weren't for the reason for that. Exactly. So <laughs> <laughs> we've discussed that already. But Freddie, I'm going to say McLaren. Yeah, which means I have to say Ferrari. I mean Renault. <laughs> Ferrari. <laughs> uh, what I will say is. You know how when Red Bull was leaving Renault, they had loads of reliability issues and stuff, and people were saying, "Oh, Renault, are, you know, sabotaging Red Bull." Are they going to? Are they doing the same to McLaren? But no one's talking about it because it's not as, like, well, it's not as big of a story. Or, no, they're not. Have I just gone mental? <laughs> no, gone mental. I think they are. <laughs> <laughs> <Or> am I <laughs> mental? <laughs> I don't think so. I think. Yeah. I just think I don't know, if if McLaren are going to do well, Renault should just shout about it more. That's all. Mm. Just like they should have done with Red. Exactly. Uh, I think that's the end of the podcast. Then it's been a very strange one, <laughs> I think possibly the weirdest <laughs> one we've brilliant. ever had. It's a great it's podcast. Mainly, yeah, mainly because mainly because when I host, I always mess it up, and I don't know what I'm going to say next. We're like uh, we're like the Piranha Club of Formula One, Adam and I, trying to. <laughs> To snip on every mistake you make and then throw it back. I love it. I love it. It's great. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I do. I do. It's good. Uh, so yeah, thanks for watching. Watch us and listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, Acast, YouTube, all that stuff. We'll see you next week to preview the Portuguese Grand Prix. Yeah. Bye.
Bye.